episode 390 after the whistle presented by seneca buffalo creek casino nothing else comes close nothing comes close to the disappointment of the fact that Derek roy will not be joining us today Ooh. but there's a silver lining to that and that would be that he's going to join us tomorrow and he said he's going to watch the sabers game tonight so we'll get his dynamic analysis yeah on the Sabres game tonight. And he's he's been a little bit more animated too lately, ever since Van called him out. So tell him to stop being a, a, a an on-TV analyst and be the Don. He did try to tell us when he was going to come on. And uh, <laughs> so for the people out there, we could have had him for today's pod. We could have had him. But today. there is, it, it's, it's like dealing with, um, it's like dealing with rookies. It's like dealing with the younger um younger players on the team the entitlement are you talking about the entitlement yeah, the entitlement not going to happen here not going to happen cut, he is a cutter goche of podcasts our podcast he is a cutter goche yeah he is he is a young guy that's trying to uh run the show and get everything that he possibly can and we shut him down real quick real quick and just said no we'll uh we'll see you tomorrow if you're ready if you want if you want and uh he, he uh, said i want he said I'll he was a little taken back he was a little taken back, wasn't he? Yeah, I was a little caught off guard. Yeah, I don't think he thought that that was gonna that that fifteen minutes was gonna delay us and cut him. You know, I got a great story about Roisey being late. So it was our rookie year, oh three, oh four, and you'll remember this too. We'll ask him about it tomorrow. So we used to have eight o'clock games in Buffalo, Riv. I don't know if you remember playing an eight o'clock game or if you ever did, but there were eight o'clock games in Buffalo back before the lockout. And uh, so you, what time would you have to be at the rink? Six o'clock, right? So we end up having, I think it was a seven o'clock game. And Roisey shows up at six o'clock. Okay. So he's missed the meeting. He's missed everything. Okay. So it's a seven o'clock game. Oh, but he comes in and they're like, what are you doing? Why, where, why are you late? He said, Oh, the schedule on the, on the, on the, the magnet on the fridge said eight o'clock, I think. So he showed up two hours before an eight o'clock game, but the game was actually at seven. Okay. So yep. all the guys on the team, now Roisey's a rookie. Okay. All the guys on the team, I'm the odd man out at the time. I'm the 13th forward. Okay. So all the guys are like, PD, get ready to play. You're playing. The captains are like, you're going to play. He's not playing. There's no way he's playing. You're not going to show up fucking hour before the game just because you read the schedule wrong. No fucking way. PD, get ready to play. Sure shit. I thought I was in because Roisey was late. Nope. Real example set there. <laughs> so so Roisey got, <laughs> got to play. And I think the guys were pissed about it. But it was truly... Truly an honest mistake, an honest mistake. But I think what they wanted was just an example made, not because it was Roisey, just because an example should have been set. But but they they bought his bullshit excuse, and uh, he got to play the game, and I had to sit out. So Lindy Ruff won't sit Roisey the rookie, but he'll sit the captain because you, yeah. because you left three hours before the game was supposed to start. <laughs> Yeah, we we don't need to tell that story anymore. I, I, the, the long story short of it is, it was in Atlanta. I know, and it was I it's the hardest arena in time. the entire league to get into because you have to go to the underground where the bus goes in. And I went early because I'm always early. I'm I'm there at the rank before everybody. Always the first guy at the rank. I couldn't get into the rank. All the doors were locked the cell phone reception inside the rink because it's almost like you're in a bunker. The trainers couldn't, wouldn't answer their phone. I could not get into the rink. Took me, took me well over an hour uh, to get in and I ended up missing or showed up right when the meeting started and I didn't even go in. I didn't even, I didn't want to be a distraction so I didn't go in, even though I was only a couple. Don't I you was think like you should have? Like, let's go over your options here. You don't yeah. go in, so you look even worse. Why don't you open the door and be like, "I couldn't get the fucking rank, Lindy," uh, because I didn't want to uh, disturb the meeting in general. 
I didn't want to disturb the meeting. I didn't want to walk in, be a distraction, have guys giggling and laughing because we've so got at that children point, in there. Be honest with me. Don't be the tough guy here. Don't be yeah. tough, Craig. Be honest yeah. with me. As you're sitting there talking with the trainers, probably having a coffee. Yes. Are you at all rattled? Because not, a not younger one bit. How would you have felt your second year in Montreal? I would I I I would have been terrified. Scrambled, right? Mentally I would have been absolutely terrified. Yeah. I was 35 years old with Understood. I understand uh, that. I just You know, 900 games in the league and uh I think Lindy above all people understands that in my short period of time that I played here in Buffalo knew that I was basically the first guy at the rank every single time in for practice and for games. Maybe because I had kids, I had to get up in the morning, I'm dropping kids off at school and I would just go straight to the rink. So I was there really early for practice, but I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that because, um, you know, at, at that time in my life, I was older, I had three kids, um, you know, and uh, I enjoyed getting to the rink early. I loved, and I loved talking to the trainers. I think they're the most brilliant people uh, on the planet uh, here in Buffalo with, uh, with Willie and, and, and T-Mac, our, 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 uh, our trainer and, uh, and George, like these guys are the, the salt of the earth um, still there. T-Mac's not, but um, I loved, I love spending time with them. So basically what we're saying is we have a standard here, Roisy, and uh, <laughs> basically, you know, be on time. Yeah, be on time. So let's no, let, And there's let, no excuses. Can, well, okay, so I love transitions. And, you know, is there an excuse for Cutter Gautier? You know, he was on a podcast yesterday. Did you, obviously, I know you heard what John Tortorella said about, the Kevin Hayes situation. I've not, and I just want to put this to rest. I don't want to keep talking about this every day, but the fact of the matter is every day that the trade has happened, something has been said or done about it. You know what I mean? It's I've never seen a trade maybe other than the Gretzky trade have so many legs after the deal. It's yeah. crazy. It's so, kind of like, uh, you know, cutter Goche is certainly no Eric Lindros. Uh, let's, let's put that in perspective right now. But Cutter Goche, I have I have mentioned him for a while now. Even when the Flyers, I wanted I wanted the Buffalo Sabers. What what pick did we have? What pick did we have that I think year? Last seven year, seven no, or what, eight, eight or nine. It was the same draft as Savoy. Okay, so we picked nine, and the Philadelphia Flyers picked five. And I had I had mentioned to you the number one guy I want in that draft was Cutter Goche. And please, please. For the love of God, allow him to fall to number nine. And I also mentioned to you, if you remember this, I said, I think that we should be trading up. Do you remember that? Yes. He's exactly yes, what this organization needs. He's exactly what we have. Yeah, not I don't, but I don't want to make this conversation about that. Okay. That's, that's you, not where I want the conversation to go. I, what are I you asking then? Well, fuck, like, look at all the shit that's gone on since, like, Kevin Hayes. Has well, been what's gone on? Kevin Hayes has been blasted. John Tortorella comments on the guy last night that started those rumors in his post-game press conference after they beat Montreal. Drysdale had an assist, by the way. You know, you have Cutter Gauthier on a podcast talking about he'd like to keep it between his family and himself and his agent. So, I mean, well, like, what's going on here? Like it's a personal matter. Is that a cop out to just kind of have people lay off? Because it's exactly what it is. Yeah, one thousand percent. I can't think of any other reason other than that. Well, like, there's a lot of speculation going on. You you can talk about Kevin Hayes, who had a really really tough time with John Tortorella. They did not see eye to eye. Kevin Hayes had played for the Philadelphia Flyers for many years was one of their top point producers was their number one center. And, um, it, they just didn't get along. They just didn't get along and that's okay. Cause, uh, you know, players and coaches sometimes just don't get along. Um, they didn't see eye to eye torts had a direction that he wanted to go. And he also weeded guys out. He weeded out Kevin Hayes. He weeded out um, uh, two defensemen, two top defensemen for the Philadelphia Flyers. They're gone. 
They subtracted top players on their team, three of them, and somehow got better. So um, the rumor, and this is only speculation, is that the personal family decision came when Cutter Goche was drafted fifth overall. He wanted to play for the team that year. He think he thought that he should have been playing on the team. And they chose, they said, no, you're going to go and you're going to play college. Is a good development move for the player. Okay. This is not, this is not about development. This is about the Philadelphia Flyers making a decision to not bring in an 18 year old player that easily could have played in the NHL. Cutter Goche. That's exactly what it comes down to. It comes down to the player not not understanding or respecting that. Well, the player was good enough to play in the NHL. The Philadelphia Flyers made a decision to not bring in Cutter Goche. I think that they felt that, okay, we're bringing in Torts. Um, We have a new GM. We need to figure out what we have here, what we're going to subtract, what we're going to go with. And what kind of environment you want to bring this kid into. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. back to BC, he's in a good environment. He's a top player. He goes to World Juniors. He gets... Is that his second second gold medal? Did they win it last year too? No, Canada won it. Canada won it last year. Sorry. They beat the US though, right? Is that what it... Did they? Um, I can't remember. Fuck. Honestly. But he gets a gold medal at the World Juniors. Who knows what his college team can do this year? They have a pretty good team there. So it's yeah. just, I mean, I, I, that to me is is entitlement. So Cutter Goche in his first year as an 18-year-old true freshman in Boston College had 16 goals, 37 points in 32 games. That's pretty, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. Um, he's on pace for 40, 45 this year. He's a hell of a he's a hell of a player. He easily easily could have been playing in the NHL. And from what I hear, and this is only speculation. This uh, this is just complete, you know, media driven hogwash. But what I've heard is he was not happy that they did not bring him in the year he was drafted. They send him to Boston. Now he's irritated. He's upset. He goes plays in Boston. He plays he plays fantastic. Okay, and now all of a sudden. They're, they don't bring him in the second year, which is his 19-year-old year. This kid feels that he should have been playing at 18. And now all of a sudden in 18 and 19 this year, they have chosen not to have Cutter Goche in their lineup. So now all of a sudden the Philadelphia Flyers are playing fantastic. They're one of the better teams, one of the more surprising teams in the league. And I think... This is an entitled kid, man. I mean, at the extreme, this kid has done nothing in his life but win. I played, I coached against this kid his entire life. He has never not played on a super elite hockey team, whether it's during the winter or all of a sudden he's, he was so good that he was on all of the spring hockey teams that were loaded with the elite players of the age group, and they won everything. This kid's never lost in his life. He's never dealt with adversity. First time in his entire life at age 18, the Philadelphia Flyers, after picking him fifth overall, say, no, we're not, we're not taking you this year. Then he comes back again this year, and they, they tell him again, we're not bringing you in. That's when he said, F you, I'm I'm not I'm not playing for this organization. That's his personal decision. That's his family decision. That's from what I've heard, which I'm going to tell you could be the biggest lie of all time. Just like all these others uh, everybody's trying to speculate, "Oh, why what's the family decision? What is it what is it all about?" This is what I've heard. And it makes sense. You got an entitled kid who thinks he should have been playing at age 18, which very well easily could have played at 18, but they didn't elect to bring him in at age 18 or 19. And now 
He's super pissed off. It's unbelievable. Danny Briere and, and Keith Jones fly over to Sweden for the World Juniors. Not only do they want to watch him, they want to watch others. They want to take in the, the environment at the World Juniors and watch the best young players in the world. They asked the agent of Cutter Goche to have a sit down with him, maybe kind of try and work this out, see if they can kind of build a, a relationship. And Cutter Goche won't even meet with them over in, in, in Sweden. Won't take a meeting with them. And that's when they felt, well, we're not doing but he, this. There ha- listen, there has to be, there has to be more to it than just that. I don't think so. Not, well, maybe not it's whatsoever. The, maybe it's the Flyers' future plans. I mean, they're like you said, they're playing well. They're, mm-hmm. they're, I mean, they're not playing, as you would say, exceptionally well. They're, they're what, third in their division? I mean, they're right hovering in the wild card. They, they, they were a bottom five team. Yeah, no, I, I, understand, I understand that. I understand right? that where they are right now, they are they are not where we everyone expected them to be this year. I expected so, them to be a, a bottom five to a bottom eight team in the NHL. That's where I had Philadelphia. And they are, you know, far exceeding expectations and for playing now, for now. really good hockey. Well, I mean, they're they're only a, a, a couple points ahead of wildcard spots. It's not like they're they're blowing people out of the water, but they are. It's expectation, though. Correct. Correct. I'll like, give what, you what are the expectations of of uh, of the Buffalo Sabers right now? What are people saying about the Buffalo Sabers? I'll tell you what the people are saying about the Buffalo Sabers. Teams never give away information on injuries. Upper body, lower body. That's it. But the attorneys at Salino Law have a lot to say about dealing with injuries. If you're in a car crash and you have been injured, call Salino, 800-555-5555. Who doesn't love a great pregame meal? You're in luck. Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino has the Buffalo Sabres home game dinner special. Available on home game days, Wednesday through Saturday, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Three-course prime rib dinner special, 50 bucks a person. At Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino, nothing else comes close. People out there starting to wonder why Casey Metalstad would sign here. <laughs> Is that a legitimate concern? Question? I don't know. I'm I'm asking an honest. I listen. I, I, I I've already take... given you. We haven't even discussed Casey Metalstad yet. We haven't. We've kind of just wanted to leave that marinate a little bit. I know Casey Middlestat's leading the Buffalo Sabers in points, and he has a contract that you have to sign him or you have to trade him. And there's a lot of people that have different different opinions. Casey Middlestat's played very well this year. Should we be signing him? What kind of money do you think that you're going to sign Casey Middlestat? That's to? not the question I want to I want to ask you. Okay. Why would Casey Metalstat sign for the number that he would agree to here in Buffalo for the next because the, six, because seven, the, eight years, whatever the contract would be? Because he's still extremely young. What's Casey? Uh, 26 right now, maybe? 25? He's 25 turning 26. If you can help me out on that one. He's 25. Um, he's 25. So he's still he's still a young, young player. He's still a young player. Not I wouldn't even put him in a middle-aged player yet. I think a middle-aged player in this league is 27, 28. Okay. Casey's 25 years old. You have to, you have to make a decision on Casey this year. And my question to you is what kind of contract is Casey Middlestat going to garner? You're going to be signing minimum, to an eight minimum year deal. five years. Be Minimum f- five. Why? Why in a world would Casey? Because well, why does that? everyone have to be on a fucking eight-year deal or? A because that's deal? what they fucking want, Petey. Uh, well, that's... it's not what you want. Rasmus Dahlin got that's eleven Rasmus million, Dahlin. and he wanted that's... eleven million. And Kevin Adams said, you know, he did his best to dig his heels in. Kevin Adams did his very best to dig his heels in on on Rasmus Dahlin. But at the end of the day. Rasmus Dahlin is going to get what he what he wants. 
because he is an elite defenseman in okay, the National let's Hockey not, League. Okay, fine. Let's not talk about that. I don't want to get off topic. I just don't know why. Why does he have to be a seven or eight year? I can't. I can't commit to Casey Casey Middlestaff for that long. You, so you can't. So what you're telling me is you can't commit to a 25 year old. No, I can. I just. I. I. But, but we need a different type of centerman. I, I don't know. I, I guess maybe that's Cousins. I, I don't know. Maybe you can. So we have a one. We have our to God, a, a first. Uh, a second and a third line center in today's game. You need three lines that produce offense. You need a fourth line that is very physical, tons of energy, some toughness on it. Um, some guys has have, Casey have, done anything to prove to you that you can win with him. That's my question. Well, has, has Paige Thompson done anything to show me that you can win with him? Has uh, Jeff Skinner yeah, he's put up done anything? Uh, fuck, what? He, he, 90, oh, did he get 94 points? Did he get 47 goals? Did we win? Didn't win shit, bud. So what you're just saying to me about Casey Middlestat is, is you got, uh, it's a two-sided coin here. Because I can sit there and go with, why is Rasmus Dahlin making $11 million? He hasn't won shit in the six years that he's been here. So does he deserve 11? So let's not get into, does Casey Middlestat show us that he can win? No, none of them have. Jeff Skinner hasn't Who made the playoffs in 13 years. Who are they going to learn that from? I don't think that's the right question. That, that's not the conversation. That's not the I right agree. question. You're asking. I don't, me, I don't know how much he's going to get because I honestly, I, I, I feel like Casey would be a piece to a team that w could you could trade and acquire another piece like a, a a top defenseman because he's performing. I don't know. I just I don't know why he would want to be here that long. But I will is go on a, record and tell position? you this right now. I would not sign Casey Middlestat. That's a bit of a twist. I would not sign Casey Middlestat. As much as I think he is a very good hockey player, he is there there needs to be some change throughout this lineup. And and what I mean by that is, you know, you you paid Dylan Cousins and and uh Tage Thompson to to be your top two centermans. And you're going to need centerman. centerman. Oh, you got me again, man. Sorry about keep that. Keep reminding you. Okay. Yeah. Mind. It's, it, it's going to take some time, but it'll eventually sink in. Um, Jeff Skinner has been pretty damn dynamic this year. Offensively. I love Alex Tuck's game. You, you gotta love Quinn and Paterka and Quinn and Paterka need to be paid soon. You need money. Are you going to put it into Casey Middlestat and give him six and a half million for eight years? I don't think that that's the thing to do. Well, this You're is going to have I want to sacrifice see, somewhere. Well, this is where I want to see Buffalo kind of use Casey to go and acquire kind of like what Boston did a few years ago and, and get your Charlie Coyle type centerman. There you who, go. Who, now you're talking, is. baby. I don't know who that is in this league. You Boone know, Jenner. You're, you're Nick Boone Jenner. Boone Jenner, he's 30 years old. He makes 3.85. I've looked at him for a while. He is He's the captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets. He's going to bring maturity and leadership. He is still playing at a high level. I think he's going to the All-Star game this year for Columbus, if I'm not mistaken. But, That's um, your guy, Boone Jenner. He's, he's, uh, he would be a really nice addition as what I would consider him a third-line, point-producing, penalty killing centerman that is not a 22 year old or a 25 year old. He's a 30 years old that still has game. Does Casey have the right to ask what the plan is going forward before he signs his contract? Or well, is it one think, of those shut up think, and sign your contract? Do you think you, they have an idea of, do you think Casey has an idea of what's going on here? If he listens to this show, yes. Okay. Um, but I think he sees it. 
I think he sees the the players that they have here. I, I if I was Casey Middlestat, and I said this, I said does this. Does he last even worry year. about that though? Does he just go out? I'm and sure play? he does. This is a is big it? year for him. This is this is the most important year of his NHL career. This one right here, without question, whether the Sabers make the playoffs or don't make the playoffs or whatever, this year for Casey statistically and the way that he plays at both ends of the ice um, is very big because whether Buffalo Sabres sign him or trade him away, Casey is going to sign a long-term contract with the team that he is with. And it's going to be a lot of money. It's depending on how much money. Is he going to be a $5 million a year player? Or is he going to be a $7.5 million a year player? Is he going to be on the Buffalo Sabres where he's probably, and I think that we could argue this with many, many people, that what is he? Is he a first-line center? The answer is definitely not. That's Tage Thompson. It's wrapped up in a nutshell. Is he the second-line center? Is he a more offensive guy than Dylan Cousins? Arguably, we could put up an argument and, and debate that till we're blue in the face. But I see Casey Middlestad on the Buffalo Sabres with the first two centermen that are getting paid. Centermen. Thank you. I see Casey Middlestad as nothing better than our third line center that can be moved around like Don Granato did the other night and move him from third to first. Or 2B. What's a 2B, Petey? What's third. a 2B? Third. What's a 2B? Well, you know what? Years ago, you were like, Dylan Cousins is going to be an elite, elite mm -hmm. third-line centerman. Now he's being paid as a number two because he had an explosive, explosive year. You know what I see? You know what I see Dylan Cousins becoming to be the greatest player to make this team go in the, in the best direction is a is a Jordan Stahl type player. So when he when he was drafted to the Pittsburgh Penguins back in the day, I think he was uh help me out here, maybe 2 or 3 overall in the in, in, he was pick number 2. Uh the two players ahead of him were Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby. And then yeah. Jordan Stahl got picked. There are three centers that were just incredible. Jordan Stahl was an absolute monster. He was an incredible, incredible player. A, a, a guy who played on, he was the third line center. And he was still putting up um, incredible statistics. He's a six foot four, 225 pound um centerman that that played really well he just played that he played the right way um in his first year in his first year he had 29 goals and and throughout his time in the nhl he was kind of like a you know a mid uh, a mid to low low end goal scorer but he played an incredible 200 foot game he was an unbelievable Third line he was center. drafted second overall with only a point a game in junior because he does so many <laughs> other intangibles like, like it was the, the playoffs, intangibles in right the playoffs he played 19 games in the playoffs and had 16 points and for a second overall pick you'd expect in 19 games for him to have like 35 points yes yes but he had 10 goals yep oh my god that's incredible and how many how many stanley cups has he won right uh, this is two for sure yeah no one for sure so so my my point is this like what is dylan cousins i see dylan cousins trajectory for me personally to one be cup, two finals sorry okay to be a player like a jordan stall that um on a certain team could be a second line center on another team he would be a third line center I don't think dylan cousins will ever be a number one center in the league i don't think the, that he has the ability to put up the that 80, 90, 100 plus points. But Dylan Cousins, if he's on the right team, could be probably your most important player because he's going to play. Once the team backs 
and gets the right players in the lineup and and Dylan Cousins can start playing with a big set of balls on him and going out there and absolutely cranking and getting nasty and dirty, knowing that he's got a bunch of guys on the bench that are just foaming at the mouth to back him up, Dylan Cousins will be a completely different player. That's what I think. That's We're not allowing Dylan That's Cousins. The GM, then. Yeah, damn right it is. Damn right it is. So, okay, it's so going on for years. Started with the Katie. point is, uh, Katie. Casey. The point is, you know, can Casey Middlestat be the, you know, number two center to produce more points, and Dylan Cousins being a guy where you're playing him against the other best lines in the National Hockey League. It like there's a lot of things that you can move around. Casey's played very well this year. He's played very well last year. It's almost like he's coming into the prime of his career. Do you see Casey as that guy that you want to run with? Are these three centers the centers that you want to run with? And the biggest thing is, if you're going to sign Casey Middlestat to a big contract, it most likely is going to be around six, seven million dollars. Then what are you going to do with Cousins? What are you going to do with J.J. Paterka? Zach Benson is going to come up two years well, after this said, year. You said Cousins. He's already signed. Did you mean Quinn? Quinn. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Good Good pull. Yeah. yeah. Well, just making sure. There's just it's a lot of accountability, guys. man. There's a standard around here. You can't pay everyone. You can't pay everyone. You can't. This team has lost for so many years. And they're just going to continue to sign these guys. At some point in time, someone has to go to be have someone brought in that might play a slightly different game, just like just like they did in Philadelphia. They got rid of Proveroff, their number one defenseman, who's what twenty seven years old, twenty six years old. They got rid of the defenseman Hayes. Kevin they got Hayes. rid of Kevin Hayes, who was their number one forward. Who was the other defenseman they got rid of? Not Goss Despair. He's been gone. No, he's but, the uh, guy who play, uh, went to Carolina. D'Angelo. D'Angelo. There you go. How many points did he have last year, Petey? And how many games? 42 points. In how many games? 70. So he missed 12 games and he had 40 points. How many he did he have 51 the year before? The year, he had the 51 the year before 51 that. 51 the year before. And they got rid of this guy. They were paying him $3.5 million. It's like, that's not a lot of money to be paying a guy that's putting up 50 points a year. But they didn't like his attitude. They didn't like the vibe. They got rid of that 50 points. They also got rid of their number one defenseman in Proveroff. They also got rid of Kevin Hayes. And now look at where the team is. Well, they've also figured out Travis Konechny. He's a happier player, it seems like. That's right. Because he, he was on the trade blocks. You remember? Was he, though? He was. He was definitely on the trade blocks. They threw know. his name out. And then all of a sudden, Torch takes over the team and starts playing this kid. He's the last person in the league that you would want to trade. He went from 16 goals in 79 games. To 31 goals last year in 60 games, and now he's got 21 and 41. <laughs> That's uh, listen. I mean, I don't know how many times. I, as soon as I heard his name on the block, I would have traded multiple pieces to get that kid because he's not a big kid. It's not about size. I think he's like five ten, a hundred and. 85, 190 pounds. He's not a big kid, but he plays what we talk about. And what the Sabres lack is they, they, they lack nastiness and bite. Oh, who else Philly picked up this off season? Massive pickup, but not a lot of glory around it. We've talked about it already before this year, before the season started or when Philly was playing really well. Okay. Early in the year, we were talking about who, you know, who's on this team. And we talked about this player, defenseman, came from LA. Oh, um, Walker. Sean Walker. Well, you know that he's on the trade block right now, right? That's your guy. They're 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 talking about right now 
um, trading Sean Walker. And they would, they said, I read an article literally yesterday saying that they would hold salary. That's I Sabres need to go and get that guy. Try him out. What kind of a contract he on? Is he making like 3 million bucks or something? Um, I do not think that he's making that much. Uh, you're you're going to have to look him up. I think he's probably around like one eight, but I really don't know. I really don't know. You'd have to kind of, uh, 2.65, 2.6. Yeah. Like I knew he wasn't making big money. Um, it's close to three. It's a lot closer to three than it is one eight. I'm like a $2.5 million defenseman is a third pairing defenseman in the NHL. Well, he's right? a UFA at the end of the year, and he's 29. And they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight defensemen on their roster right now. Yeah. Mark Stahl will not be there next year. He's 36 years old. He will be moving on. Um, You know, they have some younger talent. Dry, uh, Jamie's Drysdale is, is a big pickup for them because they don't have any young young defenseman. So it's, a, it's actually a really good trade. Um, Travis Samheim Sanheim is, has really turned into a nice defenseman. Um, 27 years old, right in his prime right now. Cam York's 23. So they, they've got some guys that, uh, for the future, I, I, I just don't think that like, you can't get rid of Rasmus wrist and he makes 5.1. So you're just basically holding on to him. You wonder if they're saying that thir- about Walker. So they'll call about Walker and then they'll, you just you end up talking about Risto. <laughs> yeah. There's, uh, there's almost bad. zero chance that you could Risto. trade Rasmus wrist right now. Uh, back to the Sabre schedule though. They play tonight against Ottawa, but uh, next week, a very uh, highly anticipated game was supposed to take place, and now it's just a game against a shit team. Because I feel bad for all the Sabres fans that bought these tickets for the Blackhawks game, and you just found out I'm sitting here reading about Connor Bedard. Everybody's selling Wednesday. those tickets. There'll be there'll be there'll be five thousand people at the at the arena. Because like, listen, I mean, you're you are what you're going to watch an American Hockey League team play the Buffalo Sabres at home. Every year I get two tickets for uh, this fundraiser uh, and I get them through the alumni. And the person that asked me, asked me for, you know, they said, any chance you can get Chicago this year? And I'm like, I'm not even going to ask for Chicago. It's going to be the most sought after game in the whole Sabre season. More than the Leaf games, I bet. Yeah. Right. But now, now, anyone need Blackhawk tickets? (laughs) Seth Jones. Seth Jones, nine million, nine and a half million dollar defenseman. Taylor Hall, six million dollars. Tyler Johnson, five million dollars. Andres Athasinio. Oh my God, that's a hard one. Uh, 4.25. Anthony Bolivier, 4.1. Nick Felino, four million. Connor Bedard, nine fifty. Those those are all of the players that are out of the lineup right now. That's seven of their top players. Can you imagine taking seven of Buffalo Sabers' top players and then having them go out and and try and win hockey games in this league? That's insane. Just insane. So, I mean, now, I I'm not know, kidding I don't you. know why we do this. I don't know why we... Can I say something about Bedard quickly? Okay. You know, do you remember what happened to Connor McDavid his rookie year? He was having a great he got year. injured, yep. He had 47 he, points he, he in hurt 45 his shoulder. games. Broke his collarbone, maybe? What did he have? 48 points in 45 games? I think games? it was like 40... You can look that up. 47 points in 45 games. I think he was just over a point a game. Almost on pace for 100, I think. Would have been damn close. Okay. He he gets thrown into the boards against Philadelphia, if I'm not mistaken, and then breaks his collarbone. And then now you have Connor Bedard breaking his jaw. You know, Austin Matthews has been injury prone earlier on in his career. Broken hand, shoulder, wrist, all this shit. He's been hurt. Jack Hughes has been hurt. Why are we why do we do this? Why do we why do we 48 have, points in 45 games? How many? 48. 
Sorry, I was off by one. I was not off by one. I was actually bang on. But um, what do you mean, why are we doing this? Maybe this is something that Philadelphia saw with Cutter Gauthier. Cutter Gauthier, however you pronounce his name. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're saying, yeah, you play a physical game. Why are we going to insert this kid into Philadelphia Flyers lineup and go out there and grind his ass off? We don't even know what kind of team we're going to have. We don't know what the culture is going to be like. You know, it's, that's it's, that's where I'm. That's where I think Philadelphia has this this right. They are not going to rush younger players into the lineup. Cutter Goche can play in the NHL right now. He could have played when he was 18. Okay. They chose not yeah. to bring him into an environment. But I'm the, asking Mitch, if- the, the, the kid from Russia could easily play in the NHL. Hands down. Eyes closed. They, he's well, my in question Russia. Is, is, is this a bad look that all these 18-year-old kids end up getting hurt? Did you, like, so, Slefkowski, the number one overall pick in 2022. If you watched him, because I watched him more than most, because uh, my son is a massive Montreal Canadiens fan. He was born there when I played there. All right. So his team is Montreal. I watch more Montreal games than most games out there. And I watched Slevkowski last year. I have never seen a kid. He's six foot four. He's 240 pounds at 18 years old. He's a man child. Did he not get hurt the last year? The problem is he got hurt. Yeah. He got hurt. He got fucking he got drilled, didn't he? Smoked. Yeah. So many times he's got his head down all the time. And as much as the body of Slevkowski is more than capable of playing in this league, the mental side of things, he's still a kid. He's just a kid. He's 18 years old. Like these, you you look at them and you're like, wow, that's a big man. They're not men. They're young men. They're still developing mentally. Their bodies are like a of of a machine, but their mental side of things, the way the pace of play and everything, decision making, all this is nowhere near what it should be and what it will be with continued mental growth. And and I'm going to tell you this, Slavkowski got injured multiple times last year because his head was down. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not calling to have a conversation about raising the draft age and everything. I just don't understand why you have all these 18-year-old kids in the league. I don't. I don't get it. Yes, he's phenomenal. What he's been able to do this year on a horrible yeah. hockey team has been unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. But now we have this star player out with a broken jaw. Now, with a broken jaw, wouldn't that automatically come with some kind of a mild concussion? Let's let's say not necessarily, yeah, yeah. but let's Possible. say we'll never know because Possible, the yeah. six to eight weeks that he gets off to recover from the jaw, we'll never have to discuss the concussion. Right. Crosby, right, good point. I mean, Crosby, yeah. I don't think got hurt his rookie year, but they're just there's there's just too many examples. There's for me, there's too many examples of, of 18 year old. But everybody's kids. getting hurt, Petey. It, it's not it's not just young rookies. I mean, it, it seems like uh, you know, the game is is but, is not the nearly the league, as dangerous league, and physical. The league but didn't it's need a lot faster. This year. I'm not saying he didn't deserve to be in the league, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't have been in the league. All I'm saying is is the league did not need Connor Bedard this year. It didn't. Yeah. So uh, I, I will say this. If I had to change one rule in the NHL, one, I would change um not the draft. The draft would stay the same, but if you are not picked in the top three players, you cannot play in the NHL until you're 19. If you're not Draft so you're drafted as an 18 year old. The only 18 year olds that should play in the league are the top three players. You can't if you're fourth, fifth, and beyond. It gives that extra year of not forcing young players that, quite frankly, I wouldn't say 
can't play in the NHL or don't deserve to be here, but it, it's better for them long-term wise. Like for an example, Zach Benson is a really, really good hockey player. I think I, I, I will stick to this. Now that we have him here and they made the decision to keep him, I think he's played well, but he should not have started in this league at age 18. He's capable of playing in this league at 18, but I don't think it was the right move for him physically, mentally, emotionally, everything I think another year of development as a young man would have helped him a lot. That's just that's just my opinion. I I don't think that there's a rush. I think we're 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 seeing more and more younger players that are that are skill wise talented enough to play in the NHL, but not mentally ready. I think it's a grind. I think this uh I think this league is hard to play in. It's hard to play in. It's a grind. And anybody who has gone through an 82 game schedule that has gone through the travel, um, gone through the, you know, going from hotel to time zone to getting off planes and on buses and driving 45 minutes to the hotel and getting there at 2 30 in the morning or three o'clock in the morning and having to sleep after a game, wake up at nine get back on the bus, go to the rink, practice, come back. It's, it's people don't have any idea how difficult it is physically and mentally on the body. We're not talking about skills and saucer passes and, and um, the Michigans and stuff like that. It's talking about um, these younger players. I think it's a real wear on them. I wanted to just get back to the Sabres for a second. Uh, Jeff Skinner out with an upper body injury. This is something we haven't discussed yet as they get ready to play yeah. Ottawa tonight. Yeah. Um, tough. Tough, <laughs> tough loss, man. Well, well, we'll see. We'll see what, what, do you mean? what we'll see. someone else can do. He's if, the only one producing on a, on a, on a regular basis. Not only so, is he producing goals, he's also producing offense to others that he plays with. Okay. So who, who's given the opportunity to step up and play in his spot? Probably. I would think that the, I'd love to throw a suggestion out there. I, I think it's going to be, um, Benson. I think the easy thing for them is to put a more skilled, talented player with Tage and tuck. Um, and, and again, give him more opportunity to continue to develop, because that's why you have him here. You're you're here to develop him. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If I were Jordan Greenway, I'd be very disappointed in that. Why? And the fact because because I think why? he's I think he's more than capable skill wise to play okay. with those two players. But the problem is he doesn't have the right kind of fire that that his game needs in order to play on that line. He's not as skilled as Benson. So he can't go and fill that void. But if he was a big, mean player that that when you went into the corner with him, you knew that he was going to throw some bodies around and go up and down the boards with some speed and some fire and throw some intimidation. I think he'd be a nice fit on a line with a six foot seven centerman and a six foot four or five uh, winger on the other mm-hmm. side. But that's not the case. And that bothers me. That bothers me because it's not that hard in this league today to manufacture that kind of bullshit to bluff players into being afraid of you. It's not. So that's my two-second rant on Jordan Greenway. I was really excited about him coming in here. It's a waste of size. He may as well be 5'11". That's all I'll say about that. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about his game right now because I think, to me, he's grossly underachieving. Grossly underachieving. He's been given a gift from God, okay? He's been given a gift. This man is six foot six, 225 pounds. Mutant size. And when he, he can skate, and when he, he can moves, handle the puck, can pass. You know, listen, I mean, he's a third line left winger at best on any team in the, in the NHL. Okay. He's a third line at best. He'll never be a second line left winger. He'll never be on the first. That's for damn sure. He does not have the skill set to be on a top in a top six uh, team anywhere. 
on a team like Buffalo that is underachieving and needs some jam and some oh. size. And it, like this is exact. This is the kind of opportunity a guy like this should be drooling and dreaming about. He has no idea the opportunity that he's been given right now. He's 26 years well, old. He hasn't been given it yet. He hasn't earned it. Well, he's been given the opportunity. He's if, playing in a lineup that desperately need. They do not need another Zach Benson. They don't need another Quinn. They don't need another Paterka. They don't need they don't need guys like that. They need guys that are going to make this team more physical, have more energy, meaning you might want to get in a fight here and there, grab some guy, beat the tar out of him. You know, get nasty in front of the net after a whistle. Make other teams think twice to go and get the puck in the corner when you're on the ice. But right now, no one, no one fears him. No one gives a shit when he's on the ice because most of the time he plays smaller than Zach Benson. Just is what it is. And I don't understand this. This is this this comes down to this. What irritates me? It irritates me so much. I have been talking about this. You've been talking about this. Paul Hamilton's been talking about this. So many people have seen and are watching and understand that we have a ton of talent. We have so much talent. It's coming out of our ass, and we don't even know what to do with it. But we do not have role players. We don't have guys that can be skilled role players. A guy like yeah, a guy would. like Mike, uh, uh, a guy like Wilson, Tom Wilson, he's an incredible hockey player. And if I was Jordan Greenway, I would want to be guiding myself, be like, I want to be like a Tom Wilson. I want to be feared. I want to be highly physical. I want to be playing on the edge. I want to be a little nasty, but I also know that I have skill. Yeah, yeah, I know. So what separates I know, I know, what separates I I, I didn't want Jordan Greenway from JJ Paterka? What separates Jordan Greenway from JJ Paterka in our lineup? Nothing. Nothing. They don't they Jordan Greenway should be told by this coaching staff. I can't believe that if 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 he at six foot six, two hundred and twenty-five pounds that can skate like the wind, that's got some nice skills to him, if no coach on this team has pulled him into the office to say, listen, this is what I want from you. If you give it, then I will give back to you. If you don't give it, you're not going to play. How about that? Because I'm going to go and replace you with somebody that's going to help us win games. That's going to give us a different element, a different look. I don't need you to skate around, not hit anybody, not make anybody angry and pissed off and fear our team. I already got a ton of those guys. Yeah. I need Jordan Greenway in particular, and he's just one guy that I'm mentioning. He's a guy that needs to know his role. And I don't think he does because I don't think the coaches talk to him about this stuff. Derek Roy tomorrow. Look forward to having a sausage on. Sasuke, as Maxie used to call him. That'll do it for After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in next time.